Hello and welcome to our Living Word Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday morning experience. For those of you who may not have been with us the last few weeks, I want to challenge you to go back and listen to a few of the messages since the new year because we've, we've, been, we've been journeying with Christ since the beginning uh, to get this thing right this year, uh, to get it right with mind, body, soul, spirit, right, everything, to get it right in all areas because where you have it right physically, someone else might have it right mentally. Where someone else has it right mentally, the other person may be struggling uh, financially, right? The other person might be struggling emotionally, right? And so what we want to do is we want to challenge each other forward in Jesus' name. Two big things we've been touching on, and I'll share the verse and move forward with you, right? But is craving the word of God, 2 Timothy 3, right? Read it for you over the last two weeks. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Why do we take time in announcements to tell you, hey, we know you're busy, but do us a favor. We want you to see the excellence in a syllabus like this. Right? We want you to see that we've taken time to, to go ahead and dig through this because even if you make one of these classes, we think it'll benefit your life in Jesus' name to dive deeper in God's word. Right? And so we understand it. Why? Because the word of God, God is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Moving forward from there, we've been talking about prayer. We understand that as prayer being a conversation, as prayer being intercession, as prayer being worship and honor, as prayer being an opportunity for even repentance and forgiveness, I want to challenge you forward to make sure that prayer is at the center. As we transition into the message this week, I want to ask you a specific question, right? And that's this. Do you have a prayer list? Do you have something, whether on pen or paper, on your phone, on anything that you would keep tally of? Do you really pray for the people you keep telling you're praying for? Come on now, church people. Oh, oh, Sebastian, we've, we're praying for you. No, 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 I want you to know you're on my prayer list. You see what I'm saying? Let's not just talk. Let's do it. And so I, I practically put that in front of you today, not to make, oh, please don't check my phone. I don't have a prayer list. Somebody help me. No, that's not the point of what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, hey, if you don't intentionally pray, right, if you don't take time to meet, right, in the moment and say, you know what, Lord, I, I just, I pray for my family today. I pray, I want you to understand that it's no different than a dismissive conversation you have with somebody in passing. Hey, did you get that memo I left on your desk? Uh-huh, yeah, I'm on my way to lunch, bye, Right? It's kind of like that moment. That's what prayer becomes when it's not intentional. Now, I'm not saying you got to be in a church to pray. That's not what the Bible says. I'm not saying you got to pull your car over the side of the road, although it might be safer when some of you pray. <laughs> okay. But wherever you're praying, what I'm challenging you in this moment is let the prayer be intentional. Let the moments you spend, let it know and let God know, Lord, I'm here. And I know you see me. I know you know my mind and my heart. But I want this day, I want, I'm asking you, would you just lift up my brother? Would you lift up my sister? Would you, would you help them this day? I know that they're taking a test right now. I know that they're in a job interview right now. I know their family's going through something right now. Right? If the prayers of the righteous are effective, then why are we not praying for each other? Now, here's the, here's the point where I'm going to get you a little bit today. I've challenged you this in many other areas, and so I want to keep it consistent. If you're not praying for your, your family, your immediate family, do me a favor and start there today. 
I know there's a lot of people who need you and a lot of people who could use your prayers, but prioritize your prayer. And now I'm not saying just that your family's more important, but listen, I kind of am. And what I'm saying is we need to be praying for our family. We need to be praying for those who God has put immediately around us that his will and way would happen in Jesus' name. Start there. Why? Because for some of you, you've never had a burden for people. Come on and follow me today. Some of you, when you hear preachers talk about this calling, right, this burden to preach the gospel all around the world, right, you don't know what that feels like in your mind. It's not equating. You're feeling pressure or you're feeling that from the Holy Spirit that maybe God is putting someone on your heart in, or on your mind in a, in a certain moment to pray for, but you're trying to understand what that burden is and, and why it's there. And I want to tell you that if the prayers of the righteous are effective, then as God prompts you to pray, pray. Why? Because the battle's real. People make choices. We're not robots. Every single day, you and I get to get up, get dressed, and go out or choose not to. Come on. But we got to make those decisions, and we've got to make those decisions in a matter in which we believe by the conviction and presence of the Holy Spirit that we're supposed to do it. And so sometimes it takes that mom, that dad, that grandma, that grandpa, that brother, that sister who's sitting there going, hey, listen, I want you to know I woke up this morning praying for you. And now maybe God didn't give you something. It's okay not to get a word every time. But sometimes that person just needed to know that they were supported, that they're being prayed for, that the difficulty of this day will not be met only by the world, but it will be met by the power and authority of Christ. You see, that's the power of prayer. Some of you, when you begin to realize how powerful your prayer life is, you're going to begin to realize how real God is because you're going to see him move, not because you said so, but because faith and obedience are a byproduct of that. You see, when you're faithful and you say, okay, God, yes, I, and here I am. I'm at the line of faith. Okay, I'm willing and ready, right? You still have that choice to make when God presents to you the opportunity found in faith. Should I give this to somebody, Lord? Should I go do this for somebody? Should I pray for somebody? Well, what kind of, maybe it's an act of kindness. Maybe it's a moment of prayer. Maybe it's a sacrificial thing you're doing. Whatever it is that God has to told and spoken you to do, where is your mind at and where will it go? What will lead you this day in Jesus' name? Church, I pray that we understand this. And if you could put the one point up for me, right? Prayer leads to freedom. The evidence of freedom is found in the fruit produced from each season. I'll read it one more time. Prayer leads to freedom. The evidence of freedom is found in the fruit produced from each season. One of the number one things that keeps people from God is people. I'll say that again. In my personal opinion, one of the main things that stands between People and God are most often people. Bad relationships, tough circumstances, you name it, you say it, it's probably a part of many of your stories. I don't understand why God would allow that person in my life. Remember, God gets blamed by everything, right? He just gets thrown in with the enemies, the frenemies, the everybody, right? <laughs> He's just in it. But if prayer leads to freedom and the evidence of freedom is found in the fruit produced in each season, I ask you, are you paying attention to the fruit in your life? 
You said you wanted to make a change. I'm just telling, I'm just talking with you because we've been talking now for about a month and a half about making real change in our life. We've been talking about drawing a line and saying, okay, yeah, this year's gonna be different. We're gonna get somewhere we haven't gotten yet. We're gonna keep going. And so I'm asking you, have you learned to measure your fruit? You've started to gauge it, right? You've kind of looked and said, okay, I'm getting more emotionally healthy. I'm getting a little more physically healthy. I'm getting a little more spiritually healthy. But what does that mean? What are you using to measure that? You see, the Bible said it so clearly in John 13, 35. It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know why a lot of people don't want to come to church? Because of me and you. People. Jesus took the time to tell us this, that people will know the real Jesus by the way you love the people around you. Oh, but Lord, you know them. They're just different than me. Yeah, get over it. He made them too. (laughs) Come on, right? We got to see these things and understand these things. And we have to take life from this attitude of, okay, God, uh, maybe I don't understand why this person talks this way or acts this way or lives this way or or goes, whatever this may be. But can you help me reach them as if you were standing here today? What would you do? What would you say to them? How would you speak to them? You see, most of us can't approach like that because we've got so many presupposed opinions. We've got so much in our head that we can't get out of our own pride and way and realize that in our pride, we're still sinning like the person we're trying to convict. It's so difficult as we walk this out sometimes if we don't understand the grace, the mercy, the accountability, and the authority of Christ. You see, now what's getting lost in our culture are the last few things I said. Everybody wants to be graceful, but no one wants to be accountable. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. Which meant that in your wrong, you can be made right. This realization that there's nobody no longer standing in the way. There is this bridge to eternity, and that is Jesus Christ. There is this way to understand that in your deepest, darkest moments, the ones that you hated, the ones that you don't want to remember, the ones that you can't stand, God said, no, 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 that was why my son came. That you would have relationship and know you've been forgiven, you've been redeemed, and you've been healed. But you see, prayer changes that atmosphere. And we've got to become this people of prayer and begin to realize that when our own prayer life develops, everything around us changes. You know, if some of us Christians who've been maybe a Christian a long time would be honest, there's times when we see people who maybe have a new relationship with Jesus and we, we look over at them and they say something to us and we get a little prideful because we knew Jesus longer. But the reality of it is the purity of what they've experienced in Christ most recently is purer than your most recent experiences with God. Come on now. Come on. Are you with me? I know that's tough. I know it's heavy but I need you to work with me because it's necessary. The purity of your experience with God is so important. Although God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he wants us to pursue him daily. And so when we live on the experiences of a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, we often find ourselves stale, out of date, maybe even out of context or communication, Because that which he spoke then 
may or may not have already come to fruition, may or may not be relevant, may or may not be needed, right? But here's how great God is. He's still right here, so ask him again. Lord, what you told me two years ago, is that still true? Yes, son. Yes, daughter. And we keep on walking. Faith and obedience go hand in hand in achieving God's will for our lives. I challenge you as I move on from this point today, if you do not have a prayer list, if you do not have people you pray for, do me a favor. I don't care how you keep a record, whether you have a little journal, whether it's on your phone, whatever it may be, start today. And if you literally just put your name and the next person closest to you, then start there and spend time praying for people. Amen? Galatians 5.13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Somebody say free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. <clears throat> this word was so specific as God gave this to me. And he told me to ask the question this way. What are you doing with the new freedom you found. So many of you have found a new life. You found new energy. You found new freedom. You literally have been dealing with things for years and it's now gone. You've been set free. You're moving and living in a way that's just, it, you just feel so excited. And, and I just felt like the Lord say to me, Nick, ask them what they're doing with their freedom. And the reason why I, I really want to ask you that is because as Paul was talking to the people of Galatia, he was getting very discouraged because there were different versions, and not like, you know, NIV, like versions of the Gospels, like it literally just different iterations of what was happening being spoken. And people were saying, well, if you're not circumcised, you're not a Christian. If you're not doing this, then you're not that, right? This kind of ideology, these moments that, that they're just kind of like, ah, you know, what's happening? And Paul was a little angry because he's like, wait, wait, What's going on? This is not the Jesus we were talking about, people. And I want to bring us in, and I want to bring you to a point of teaching this morning, and I do want to ask you, what are you doing with your newfound freedom? Are you looking around at others who are not free and judging them? Are you looking around and telling people that the way Jesus changed my story, he can now change your story? Come on now. I've said this many, many times you don't realize that the greatest sermon somebody could hear lies right inside of your heart today. There are those of you and all of you in here, who, every one of you have a story. And there is a part of that story that somebody needs to hear at some point. And it may happen in passing. It may happen at, at, at a convenience store. It may happen at home. It may happen at a family park. Wherever it happens, I want you to know that your story's worth telling because God has put his stamp on it. It doesn't have to necessarily be with a microphone. It doesn't have to necessarily be over a podcast or a YouTube channel. Wherever it may be, I want you to know that there's somebody, when they hear what God has done, how he's redeemed you, how he's set you free, how he's walked you out of where you are today, somebody will be free because of the Jesus you found. That's why people share the gospel, and God told us to go into all the world and tell them, because what you've been set free from, people need. The places you've walked, there's just certain people. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I traveled the country in my, early, my late teens, 18, 19, 20 years old, right in there with an evangelist. And there was times that we walked in churches and I was like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? 
Like, they, I, I didn't get the people. I didn't get what, I didn't even know if they were singing. They're like, that's English. I don't even know if it's English. Like, there was just, like, I, I, didn't, I, I felt so out of place. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. And, and I want you to hear me. The reason that, that, that all across the world home feels like home is because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And what I didn't know at 18 or 19 years old is I looked at my pastor and I said, why does this just feel different? And hear me, I'm not judging any church or anybody. What I'm saying is that as a young, innocent kid, just trying to figure out why every church I was going to was so different, not in worship, not in word, not in, but in my feeling, in my spirit, as I walked in, why are these places so different? And I'm telling you, it's because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's who makes it warm. He's who makes it welcoming. He is who makes it home. Come on, somebody. Galatians 5, 16, continue with me. And so he told the people as he warned them, he said, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. The spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not able, excuse me, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Right? Idolatry, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord. How many of you just aren't, you, you look at, you start reading these words, and you're like, oh, discord and idolatry? They're the same thing. Sexual immorality and jealousy? Jealousy? Sure, <laughs> I can't even say it, right? Jealousy, these are the same thing. Come on now, somebody. I, are you reading the same Bible I am? We have to learn how to understand what disconnects us from God and how God views sin. Sin separates us from the heart of God. He didn't make you judge. He actually is your Savior. So do me a favor. Introduce people to your Savior. Come on. I'm going to digress too far. Uh, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, a lot of people there, I want to stop for a moment. A lot of people there, this is where we start to water down the gospel and we don't tell people what they're really giving up when they choose the world. Come on. You see, we talk about sin and we talk about these big things like it's this huge weight, this judge that just dropped, right? No good, failure, go to hell. Right? Come on. That's how, that's how a lot of people perceive it that may not know Christ. I didn't make it. I wasn't good enough. I'm going to spend eternity in hell. No, no, no. You see, what I really believe that, that, that Paul and Jesus, as, they were, as, as Jesus taught and as Paul and others brought the gospel, what he was trying to explain, and I want you to read this through a different life again, I, through a different uh, light again. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What we don't tell people is that every day we choose to live apart from God, we've chose to dismiss the blessing, the presence, and the promise of God in our life that day. Listen, you can have that argument with whoever you want about, I'm G I love Jesus, I'm going to heaven, I'm I, I once saved, always saved, I, I am Jesus, and Jesus, I, I am written in the Lamb's book of life. Listen, you and all your buddies can go in a room and argue about that till kingdom come. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take this part seriously and say, listen, if I want to inherit the kingdom of God on earth as it is in, then I will remain faithful and obedient and make sure that I repent as I walk, that I will go, grow as I go. Come on now, somebody. I hope you grab that. 
is so important that we show, because people don't think about it, right? When you discipline a child too early in life, they don't even understand why they're sitting in a chair. They don't get it. Why can't I do that? It don't matter why you can't do that. Sit down. There's things that we have to do and provide discipline and structure for our children or different people in our life that are older than children because they just don't know any better. And when we start talking about this idea of inheriting the kingdom of God, right, we miss very badly the opportunity to look at people and say, you don't know what God had for you today. Yes, this is about heaven and hell. Yes, in the end, I want you to know that yes, my heart's desire is that every one of us that would hear the gospel would respond to it and say, Lord, be Lord of my life in Jesus' name and actually put their feet forward and go for it right? That's my prayer. But what I want people to understand with that is that when we don't choose God today, we've chosen whatever else is in its place. And when it says we are not under the law, what it's talking about is now we are subject to this law. So the things of the world that roam and go, when we're not under the covering of Christ, we are subject to anything. And that's how people get messed up. They don't get it but I'm a child of God, I'm running, I'm, no, 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 no. Did you choose this day whom you will serve? When you put your feet on the ground, when you went ahead and ran today, did you do it as a child of God or did you choose the world? Please, just be honest, it's okay. Because if you chose the world today, then do me a favor, stop yourself, pull your car over, move over and say, Lord, please forgive me for where I've walked, talked, lived and done and would you show me the right way today in Jesus' name? Man, I hope we can bring this message to the world, church. The seeds that yield fruit are planted, watered, and grown by the Holy Spirit. If we're a people of prayer, we're going to see these things happen. Verse 22 of Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Come on, church. You want to be a healthy church body, learn how to celebrate other people's victories. You want a true test of your character? When you're in some of the hardest seasons and you see somebody jumping up and down in happiness, go over and celebrate with them. Why? Because they're where you want to be. And although, although the season may have called for you to be pruned, for you to be cut back, for certain things to be allowed in your life that you would be built stronger. Come on now, somebody, right? I want you to know that there's always freedom in Christ. You were made and you were born victorious, but you've got to live it and you've got to walk it and grasp it. And then when you grasp it, do me a favor, just like we talked about last week, find somebody who's weaker and take them along with you and say, look, this is what I found. This is what he showed me. This is where he, he, he led me by the hand to this place of freedom in Jesus' name. I want to ask you today, and I hope you got one. If not, grab one on the way out. These papers, we handed them out on the way in today. And I've been trying to give you some practical pieces to take home and some things that you can maybe journey through with your family or things that you can even use as a devotional moment in your week. But I ask you these three things, and if you have the paper in front of you, you can see it as we close. And worship team, if you can join me as we, we get into our closing moments this morning. 
the very first column all the way on the left is titled The Big Why. Now, as a counselor, right, one of the questions that we kind of learn, or maybe as a group facilitator, here's a little thing for you, right? You usually don't ask why. And the reason you don't ask why is because often when I say, you know, why did you do that? What happens? You get defensive. Why is not an open-ended question. Why is a very pointed why? But I am asking you today why. Because I want you to understand that you need to have your guard up and you need to be defensive a little bit about your walk with the Lord. You need to defend the goals. You need to defend the end goal, the things that you set out for. And so I'm asking you this morning, when you started this year or maybe prior to the year or today, whenever you've last made a big decision, I'm asking you, why did you make that decision? What about that decision was different this time? Maybe you said you wanted to be physically healthier. Maybe it was emotionally. Maybe it was spiritually healthier, right? Maybe, maybe it was just, just all these different things. Whatever it may be for you, I'm asking you in the moment, why? Why did you start this journey? And I want you to, you can, you can fill it in now if you'd like. You can fill it in when you get home, whatever. You know, if you're afraid of missing things, feel free to do it when you get home. But I want you to have that big why, because when you look over at your goals and it says, I don't know, do 10 push-ups, right? You're going to be, and you don't do 10 push-ups, and you decide to quit, you're for, you're, you feel like you're quitting on the 10 push-ups. Come on now. But what you forgot was the reason why you were doing those 10 push-ups. Come on now, somebody. You've got to understand the grasp of the big why. Why am I taking this journey? Why? Because I want to be healthy for my family. Because I want to live a long life that pleases God. Because I want to be maybe financially stable. Or, or because I want to see more people come to know Christ. Come on now. Whatever the big why is, I want you to write that. And I want you to keep that for yourself. And I want you to leave that somewhere. If you need to take a picture so it's with you in your phone, do that throughout the week. But I promise you, as you begin to fill out your goals, do not let your goals stop you from the big why. And the way that goals stop you is this. The things that stop you are the things that you don't recognize are in your way already. Some of you, you got excited. You're like a kid at a youth retreat. I am on fire for God and I'm going home. Mom, throw everything out. Where is all my music, right? I, whatever, right? But a lot of us, three days, four days, five days later, we lose that. Because the why was I was excited about what God did that weekend. Maybe not necessarily what God did eternally in my heart. I learned a lot. I felt a lot. But I want change to be forever. And so if change is going to be forever, I've got to find the pieces of change that are going to go ahead and make that happen. And so what I want you to begin to do, and you don't have to do it all now, I want you to journey through this paper throughout the week, but I want you to begin to recognize what's in the way. And I want you to do me a favor. Don't look to your left or your right, because you might get backhanded by your wife, right? <laughs> Some of you just got that like 10 seconds later. That's okay. What I want you to do is I want you to start with yourself. I don't want you to mention a coworker. I don't want you to mention a family problem. I don't want you to mention anything outside of yourself. I want you to start with you. What's in your way? You said you wanted to have more self-control. 
Because self-control is a byproduct of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. You have more self-control when you ask God to impart that to you and teach you and lead you. And so how are you going to achieve that goal? And remember, the reason that you're achieving that goal is because you want people to know that, you, that are around you to have better self-control too. That's my big why, let's say. I want to show people that, that I, I can be a person. I, I've always lacked self-control. Let, let's say that's your thing, right? And boom, here we go. Let's do it. And let the fruit of my life then speak about it. Let me tell you something. You change and you let God, you let God change you. Watch how many people want to know what you did. People lose 70 pounds, 50 pounds. What's the first question you ask them? What diet you on, right? <laughs> what did you do? Where'd you go? Who's helping you? What pill was it, <laughs> right? It's always a pill, right? It's always like, please. <laughs> no, don't work like that, people. As we close today, I'm gonna ask you this as I told you I would in the beginning of the, the year as we went. When you look at the big why, What's going to make it different this year for you? When you get up in the morning, you put your feet down, and you keep journeying through. And as you journey through, you find yourself going through similar things you did before you ask God for help. I'm going to close with this, so follow me, please. You see, as Christians, when we say yes to God, we have this false expectation that absolutely everything we've ever struggled with just disappears. Sanctification is the process of which the Holy Spirit separates you from your flesh and reveals to you more of who he is that you would be more like him. It is a process for a reason. Now there's some of you in here, let me help you understand. There are things that God will choose in a moment to free you from. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a really bad habit. Maybe it's a bad thought pattern that's just leading you down a destructive way. And in that moment, he just stop, he, he, he basically gets you right at that cliff and says, no, 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 no more. Be healed in Jesus' name right now because that's how miraculous in God he is. Come on now. But then there's some of you who, like a good parent would, and they journey a child through discipline or they journey a child through the pruning process, the process of being cut back from where you are so that you would grow stronger in Jesus' name. I want you to begin to understand the season God has you in, and I don't want you to lose focus of when you prayed and he showed you why change was necessary. When he showed you that, what are you going to do with that now? What are you going to do with the freedom that you found in Jesus' name? Are you going to let it testify to the goodness of God, or are you going to let it become a story that just kind of put in the back of a very large library that maybe nobody finds? And so I ask you that today. What will you do with your freedom? Just stand with me as we close, church. I'm going to ask our leadership team to come forward to be able to pray with you. If our pastors and leadership team could come forward, thank you. I'm going to pray a prayer dismissal for those of you who might need to leave today. But we're going to continue to worship, and the altars are open for you. If you'd like somebody to stand and partner with you in prayer, I want you to know two things as we close. Please don't ever be afraid to come up here and pray with somebody. 
Maybe you don't have a prayer partner. Maybe you don't have somebody to pray with. That's what this moment is. This moment is us being able to agree with you that according to the will of God, whatever you're going through, whatever circumstance, whatever you're feeling, that the will of God would be done in Jesus' name. And so if that's you today, as we worship and we, we close out our service, come join us. Come join us up here. Let us pray for you today. And let us ask God to stand with you in your every moment. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Living Word Church. Lord, that each week when we come here, we get to meet with you. But Father, we don't want this to be the only place we encounter you, God. We want the world to encounter you. Your love, the passion that drove you to die for us, God. And Lord, I pray if there's anybody here today in Jesus' name that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that they wouldn't leave this room, that they'd come up here and allow us to pray for them as they go today, God. Lord, knowing that this very day, they, they are a child of God. Father, we just thank you. Lord, I pray as we go this week, Lord, you'd help us achieve that which you would have for us according to the will of God. Lord, would you clothe us in your armor? Would you lead us by your spirit? May the authority of God rest in our houses as we go this week, God. Lord, I just ask right now that you would just give us your Holy Spirit like never before. Lord, for those who need to leave today, I just pray a prayer of dismissal. Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would be with them and walk with them. Lord, for those who are about to come and be prayed for, Lord, we just thank you in freedom today. And all that you're doing and all that you've done, in Jesus' mighty name, God's people said, amen, amen. Have a blessed Sunday, Living Word Church. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's message here at Living Word Church. Uh, if you're looking for a community, looking for a home church, we want to challenge you to join us on Sunday mornings at 1045 here in Union, New Jersey. We pray you have a blessed day in Jesus' name.